We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? Hell, I could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. And welcome back to another episode of of Bangarangs and Daggers. This is your host, Kevin Knight, out here on the East Coast in God's true time zone, Eastern time. And with me, as always, Nate McHugh. How is it out there in uh, Central time zone, Nate? Well, see, that's one, one of the things that's frustrating about living around here. Actually, you know, the saying Nebraska is, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. Well, yesterday, I didn't even need a coat. And this, and just now, you know, I was outside and it is probably 10 degrees out. I know that tomorrow morning when I have to get the kids to school, it's going to be two degrees and with a wind chill of, I think, negative 22. And so that flipped the, the, um, really quick, but you know, it is what it is. So we'll move on. But I have a question for you. Um, Am I going to enjoy the 80s and a beach this weekend? Yes. Yes, I am. But Where where are you going? I'm just visiting my parents down in Florida. But since he brought up the wind chill, I, uh, oh. I figured I'd be a cruel, evil person and rub that in. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, luckily, you know, as far as Nebraska weather goes, we're going to bump right back up to 40 degrees. And everything's relative because, boy, when it's 10 degrees out, 40 degrees feels amazing. And, uh, but I am, uh, I'll be living vicariously through you as while you're in Florida. Um, so anyways, so we're, we're, uh, getting close to the end of the season for Nebraska basketball. Uh, as the season has progressed, uh, what, what do you think, um, this is before we move on to Iowa. Uh, what do you think? Uh, Nebraska has gotten better at. Uh, is there any improvement? I mean, obviously, hope for this season, I think, is almost zero. You know, uh, but you know, there's got to be something to hang our hats on. Maybe I don't know. What do you think? Um, I think the uh, number one takeaway that I have, um, something that really kind of stood out to me last night at Maryland, actually, uh, when I was at the game, is just the dedicated effort by some of the guys completely through the game. I mean, the, the defense still isn't great by any means, but you can see that they're actually trying for a change. Uh, earlier in the season, you know, things like boxing out, basic defense and whatnot, uh, very lackadaisically, mostly not there. Um, whereas I think now there's certainly plenty of room for improvement by all means. But I think you see a lot of guys trying. And even though the season is clearly way past loss by now, there's still the effort and the dedication by them on the court. And you see guys like Gervais Green last night boxing out Jalen Smith. And, uh, <laughs> that wasn't going to happen in December. You know? So I, I think just kind of the the effort by everybody is uh, the biggest standout. You know, I would actually kind of go along the same, you know, be in the, the same vein because, I mean, I see – you watch Twitter and you see, like, what people are saying. There's a lot of people who are 
big fans of this team. And that's hard to say when, you know, you've lost nine in a row and it's like, what do you have to really enjoy? But you just have a team that just fights. And that's surprising to me. I would not have expected that really. Maybe you're hopeful to, you know, I don't know if I would say I expected that as far as coming into the season when you bring in so many new players and the fact that they're still still fighting, even after that, you know, butt whooping against Iowa and then they go to, to Maryland, they're down a starter and we can get into that, but they fought, man. And that's a testament probably both to the players and to Coach Hoiberg because – and then the staff, um, and they might know better if it's you know if it's the staff, whatever they're doing to keep them engaged, you know, keep them motivated, especially motivated, because in order to play, you know, this for this group to play, you know, even like average defense, it, it takes a ton of effort, and I, you know, my I tip my hat to you know to uh, to a certain extent. And so I think that's kind of what I've seen is how much they continue to fight. You know, they've had bad games, I mean, really bad games. And then they go up, you know, to Maryland, the, you know, the highest, you know, I think number one team in the, in the conference, as far as I think, you know, record. Uh, and they almost beat them in standings. Yeah. In the standings. Yeah. And they, you know, they had, they lost by two at Maryland and that's, you know, the, that, that says a lot. So anyway, so, but while we did feel somewhat good after, uh, the Maryland game, I do think that we should probably take a couple minutes and talk about the Iowa game. I, that was a, but I mean, they just whooped us. I, there was a point where Iowa went on a four-minute scoring drought, and I and it was just they're just missing wide open shots. They were doing whatever they wanted to us. We were a step slow, you know, and they and you know they they went out, you know, they started the game uh, in a thirteen to two run, and, and you know a lot of it it's you know from you know shooting outside and they made a lot of those shots, but they were. You know, sometimes that's you know you have a two or three games this season where you just don't have it. I feel like that was kind of Nebraska. It wasn't like from a lack of effort. I always think there's a difference between effort and intensity because uh, I think they're you know that they're trying, but the level of intensity, particularly in, on the defensive end, was not there. Uh, thank goodness they had that four minute drop because it allowed Nebraska. Uh, to, to get it back into it, you know, they're down by 16 at one point, and they brought it within four. And you know that helps because Iowa missed 10 shots, and that's like a patented Nebraska basketball scoring drought. But and Iowa just poured it on. They, you know, they, they, they're a good team, but it was a, and, you know, Nebraska ended up. Uh, Losing, you know, ninety six to 72, and that's about what the score felt like. Maybe even a little bit worse. You know, sometimes a uh, twenty point or a twenty four point loss feels like a thirty five point loss. Mm, maybe that's here. It was just not Nebraska's night. Uh, kind, you know, 
it reminded me, you know, a little bit of uh, who did we play a couple of games ago? I'm blanking on it now. Uh, we just couldn't hit a shot. Uh, um, Penn State, Penn State, Penn yeah. State. Yeah, and that kind of reminded me of that a little bit, but on the defensive side of the ball, because Iowa did whatever they wanted. Of course, they scored 96 points. And so that was, you know, I assume Iowa, you know, we beat them. They were our last win, and they they were probably on a mission. Fran McCaffrey, my least favorite coach in the Big Ten, uh, he's, he acts like a psycho on the sidelines at times when, when it comes to officiating. Uh, you know, like he's irrational at times. But uh, not saying so you, not, you don't you don't love kicking clipboards off the scorers table, really. If that's the worst he's ever done, <laughs> I mean, uh, he, he's it's, it's close to it. I, I he got suspended last year because he chased a ref down the tunnel. Yeah, you know, after the game, I, <laughs> I'm super competitive. And I, I don't even want to say it because I'm not comparing high school basketball to college basketball. But what do you think you're going to? Uh, what is the plan as far as chase? You said chasing an official down the tunnel. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So what do you hope to gain from that? Cause I, I, you know, I promised you officials, they talk to each other and they get to know each other and they go, Hey, by the way, did you know Fran McCaffrey chased me down the tunnel? You think Fran McCaffrey's going to get any benefit of any calls? You know, going forward, that's I've never understood that. I just, you know, I I think Fred Hoiberg does a great job. He goes, you know, he doesn't say much to the officials, I think, but when he does, they listen, and it's very, it's a very even tone. He's not going to embarrass you. Fran Fran McCaffrey is going to embarrass you, and guess what? I'll take Fred Hoiberg over Fran McCaffrey any day, at this point, even though you know. We're seven sixteen, so uh, it's. Anyways, I guess I there's something I guess I had to say about Iowa. I don't know. Uh, what were your thoughts from the game? I don't know. It's just kind of just a punch in the face. So go ahead. Yeah, I mean it was just an ugly, ugly game. Um, Nebraska couldn't hit the broadside of a barn if they were five feet away from the barn. You know, twenty uh, percent three-point shooting in this one five of 25 are you kidding me like I, I mean i guess on the bright side there were 11 of 14 on free throws like where was that in games where it actually mattered you know um that it's improvement though hey, uh, hey, I mean, by hey, all sorry. means it's already embarrassing not embarrassing sorry and to interrupt you my jv team last night <laughs> We were up. Uh, my phone is talking to me. One second. Sorry, I don't know why it's talking to me. Okay. Uh, my JV team it was up 25 going into the fourth quarter. We ended up winning by six, I think. Anyways, and that, a lot of that has to do with you can only play um, high school players six quarters in Nebraska. So if they play JV – like two quarters JV, then they can play all four of, of varsity. But my JV team last night shot 13 for 36 from the free throw line. That's, wow. yeah, I think that's, you know, 35 ish percent or something like that. 
Yeah, and uh, and so today we were shooting a lot of free throws, and a, a, a player of ours, uh, <laughs> um, over a period of about ten minutes, he, I asked him afterwards, and just a random kid I just picked, and I said, "Hey, how many did you make?" Because we always tell the kids, "You have to know your number," and he said zero. And then one of the other assistant coaches said, "You're shooting after practice." And then at the end of practice, he told him, you cannot leave the gym until you make five in a row. And guess what? He never did. Never made five in a row because coach said, if you shoot 100 of these and you don't make five in a row, then you are leaving. He ended up the end, <laughs> the end of the uh, practice shooting 37 for 100. Um, wow. And this, and this that, is a, by the way, that's what the percentage is. Thirteen of thirty-five is thirty-seven percent. I uh, did the math. Oh, oh, I should bring that up. That's great. <laughs> that, yeah. that is, the team. And if you watch him shoot it, it's like, yeah, he's not a ninety percent shooter, but maybe he makes sixty. But no, it, it's thirty. Yeah, thirty-seven percent. And yeah. Anyway, so bye. I apologize. I you know you were talking about you know our game against Iowa. So go ahead. Yeah, no, no, you're fine. Um, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, um, the the turnover margin was interesting. The Huskers had 12 turnovers. Iowa had 11 steals, so pretty darn careless there with the ball, so to so to speak. But um, you know, I'll I'll, uh, I'll make the mandatory eventual football reference here to. Uh, mention my um you said Franz your least favorite um uh football coach or basketball coach well my least favorite football coach um some of our listeners might be familiar with the Dan Caprone article in the Chicago Tribune that Coronation shared on the Facebook page um and uh former Big Ten ref now retired did a exit interview with the Chicago Tribune and talked about the fact that in the 2016 the game of uh, Michigan, Ohio state, when uh, Michigan got all upset over the spot, uh, Caprone threw, uh, they threw the flag on Harbaugh for throwing cards onto the field. And as he pointed out, you know, I can understand throwing something on the field. If you're a four-year-old. Oh, I know. But, he's brutal. Yeah. When you get paid millions of dollars to be a head college football coach at a major university, I would expect you to be able to be composed and be a professional. You know, when you're paid millions of dollars like Fran McCaffrey is, I would expect you to not chase after a ref as if you're some crazed nut job on the BW Parkway with road rage. You know, like stop being an Uber driver, <laughs> be yeah, a head you know, basketball coach. Yeah, you mentioned that article. I think if, if anyone can find it, you should download it. I'm not downloaded. That's stupid. What are you, an idiot? You should read it because guess what? You know, he says the bad things about Harbaugh. You know, they act like a four-year-old. He said the worst coach he's ever had to deal with. And he said. By like 10 not, miles, right? Yeah. No, yeah. Not within 10 miles of anyone else. It was Bo Pelini. <laughs> and I was like, ah, that's probably about right. And I guess, you know, and that. Now that I'm thinking about it, you know, that the whole Fran McCaffrey thing and Bo Pelini thing might be a 
kind of along the lines of, you know, if he's on your side, you, you kind of like him. You know, if he's on the other team, you don't. Even though, like, towards the end, you know, a lot of Nebraska football fans, you know, we start some of us started to not like some of Bo Pliny's an- antics. So, uh, yeah, so, I don't know. You got anything I mean, else about Iowa? Or go ahead. Well, I mean, I'll I'll just make the joke that it's it's sad for Fran because both Kansas and Coach Bobby Knight have already stolen the chair moves. So you know you got to be original. Kicking a clipboard, hey, okay. That you know Bobby Knight already threw a chair across the floor during a technical foul free throw shooting. So you know you got to get creative. Simpsons did it, so to speak. And since this is a, a basketball podcast, if you can. It's probably on YouTube that somehow someone recorded one of the uh, halftime, I guess you'd call it a a pep talk of uh, Coach Knight in Indiana. I think it's I think it's halftime of their game against Purdue. Yep. (laughs) You know, know yeah, I mean, I listened to that in middle school on. Oh, I know. Right. Yeah, yeah and like some intro to some like rap song or something. I, I don't know. It was hilarious though. It, I, I won't repeat it on here, but I will uh, censor the intro of something along the lines of "I'm sick and bleeping tired of losing to bleeping Purdue." Yeah, bleeping Purdue. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it's it reminds me of the coaches I had in high school, and it, but in a good way, and because uh, I. I I, I learned a lot from them, but uh, it, it did remind me that they didn't swear like that, but it kind of gives you the same idea. Uh, but I'll, I'll, if I can find it, I'm going to put a link on the article. But anyways. I, mean, I, I really hope Uncle Bobby at the game this weekend, because he finally returned to Indiana 20 years later for their game against Purdue and Indiana lost. And I hope Uncle Bobby was there giving that <laughs> same speech after the game about being Sick and bleeping tired of losing to bleeping Purdue. Oh, Uncle Bobby. Man, that's yeah. very nice. Just yeah. just uh, for anybody who doesn't remember that reference from like last fall or something, no, I'm not related to Bobby Knight. It was a joke that my maternal grandpa, who wasn't actually named Knight, obviously, since he was my maternal grandpa, um, it was his joke was that he was related because they were he was Bobby and obviously Bobby Knight is you know, Bobby. So. Anyway, that that's that reference. I'm not actually any relation. Well, you know, we're supposed to transition. Like you're supposed to have transition words. So this is great. So what about Maryland? You were there. That's a great transition. <laughs> I was. I was in the overrated Xfinity Center. Overrated? Why? I I, 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 mean, yeah, I don't I, even know anything about it. So. Yeah, so, so um, I mean, I I say that in, in uh, good-natured fun. It, it's a great arena. Um, you know, the criticism that I have of it is it's so big, and it's not in any way, shape, or form like the type of intimidating factor that, like, say PBA is or like modern professional arenas are, where it's just there's no steepness to the lower bowl. It's just really spread out. If that makes sense. So like it's a huge arena, but there's no intimidation factor from the crowd, really. Besides the fact that they have the student section in the lower bowl surrounding the court, um, along with the wall on the one end. But uh 
I'm, I mean, is that, does that make sense though of me saying it's spread out? Like it's, it doesn't feel like the crowd's on top of you. No. Yeah. Yeah. They say, uh, I remember them talking about, uh, whatever the name of the arena is that the Utah jazz play. Uh, they say that it's like, it almost like it's straight up, you know, like, you know, like you were talking about the lower bowl and they feel like they're on top of you. And I think, why wouldn't you build an arena like that? It doesn't matter if it's huge, if the sound doesn't come back down on the floor, because that's what you want, that crowd noise. You know, like, that's why Duke is so hard to play. You know, it's because it's such a small venue. I mean, very, very small. I don't, I don't think people realize how small Duke is, like the uh, Cameron Indoor. Oh, yeah, uh, it's, it's tiny, yeah. Yeah, it's tiny. It's like there are high school gyms bigger than Cameron Indoor. And uh, so, yeah, I actually could see that what you're what you're talking about as far as it's so big and it goes out. So then the sound doesn't yeah. come back down on the floor. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it, I'll, I'll be fair to the crowd um, on a good game where they actually fill the arena. Um, no offense to Nebraska. You know, it was a late Tuesday night game. It's not it's not a marquee opponent. Like I'd be surprised if it was more than 60% at best still last night um, at, at best. So yeah. it, it was not particularly loud last night, but I mean, like it, it can get loud. It's just like, it's, it doesn't have the same level of intimidating factor that other places have. Like, you know, my go-to would be Joe Lewis arena was famous for being uh, a, a place where opponents just felt so intimidated by the home fan base because it just felt like the fans were on top of you out on the ice. And that's exactly what they tried to mirror with little Caesars arena of just kind of stacking all the different levels on top of each other in a way that just makes it feel like you're there in the game on the court with all the players and make the opponents feel like all the fans are there on the court with you. And yeah, you can be loud, but when you add in that factor, it's just that much more of a wow factor and gives you that much more of a home advantage in a way. And um, yeah, they were definitely loud. The other game that I've been there for on um, January of 2017 when MSU visited. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not quite the same design that some of the other big 10 arenas have that are either new or historical so to speak you know it's a respectable one they have a great home win advantage but it's not not as good as it could be so to speak it's a it's a two modernized multi-purpose arena that fills out unlike penn state <laughs> so well well just for our <clears throat> for our listeners and i had to google it because i don't i had no idea but joe lewis arena that's where the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, oh played. yeah, I, I shouldn't have presumed everybody would know that. I mean, maybe I, most people do. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I barely remember the name of our stadium, so our stadium, our arena. So, uh, and being down, yeah, we're that's a tangent. So let's <laughs> anyway. So Maryland, you were there. What were your uh, uh, insights? How, I mean, sometimes when you're at a game you get a different feeling than when you're watching it on TV. I, at least I do. Um, so I don't know. What were your thoughts from the game? Um, well, okay. I, so I'll lead off with a joke that, um, there were a couple of Nebraska fans in our section and, uh, one of them came over and ended up sitting next to us. Um, and 
that person pronounced it Norfolk for where that person was from. And personally, we got a little bit skeptical between ourselves, my husband and I, of I'm what? Are you actually from there if you don't say Norfolk? Like I are are you making this up that you're from there? I, I don't so I mean that question for the listeners, you know, tweet at us, comment on the page. Uh can are you really from Nebraska or are you just posing that you're from Nebraska and making up some elaborate story about it if you say that you're from Norfolk, Nebraska? So you know, I I saw maybe it was you on the Slack channel or somebody else brought that up. No, it was oh, uh, it was one of our new recruiting writers yeah, from there. Yeah, and I was like, I'm trying to think, what do I? It's Nor- Nor- Norfolk. Is that right? Norf. Yeah, I forgot how I'm like. Not, you know, now I'm thinking about how I say it. Like, I think I've been saying it wrong for a long time. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. But. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so the actual game finally. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the Huskers played well. Um, I I thought it was a little bit disingenuous personally when Turgeon after the game uh, was saying that they looked past Nebraska in a way because I didn't. I, I guess he probably meant that as a compliment to Nebraska. If I stop and think about it for a second, my initial reaction is sort of a well, that's a little bit disrespectful. Um, yeah, but I, I think what he meant was Nebraska has more talent and threat necessarily than you might, you know, think looking at their record. Uh, and, and I mean, any given game, if they're hitting their shots, they do. Um, granted, uh, we weren't exactly last night at 21.2% from three point range and 40.6% from the field overall. But when you're a team like Maryland, who struggles offensively too, you can't really afford that necessarily. Um, Because Maryland's strength is their defense. They're a top five Ken Palm defense, but they're not a particularly great offense. To their credit, every time Nebraska made a run and made it close, there they were hitting a clutch three-pointer to, you know, kind of give them a cushion. But, you know, besides the fact that refs don't know how to call it out of bounds when Maryland was touching the ball while standing out of bounds late down the stretch. Uh, they, they did a good job. You know, I mean, they, the first half, they didn't utilize their size nearly as much as they should have, but I feel like the second half, you saw that a lot more with them getting it down low to Jalen Smith and taking advantage of the fact that the Huskers really don't have a center. And that's something that, uh, whether he likes it or not, I think Hoiberg needs to realize to succeed in the Big Ten long term, you need to start getting a big guy down low um, in, in any given season. Uh, you know, it can be somebody who's quick and not necessarily seven foot and weighs 260 pounds or something. But, you know, you need somebody with a little bit of height and a little bit of body that can run up and down the floor, too. So, um because that, that became apparent when they started really imposing their will down low, more so in the second half. You know, it, to go back to your first po- point about um, Coach Turgeon had to say, I'll, I'll read the quote. Um, this is from Coach Turgeon after the game. And remember, they won. <laughs> and, that, it, and I kind of agree with you. It's like, man, what did they think of us? us, I mean, Nebraska basketball, uh, coach Turgeon says, I'll take the blame. I didn't have us ready. 
I was a little under the weather. I wasn't at practice Sunday. I haven't missed practice in 15 years. Feel like crap the whole game. I didn't do my job. So let's don't take it out on the guys. Well, let's take it out on me and I'll do a better job. We're 20 and four. So we don't. So we've done some pretty good things, guys. I think we're in first place too. <laughs> it's like, oof. Like you guys won. I mean, yeah. Is it disrespectful? I don't. I, I you know. I don't think it's disrespectful. I think it's it's just a reality of what they think about Nebraska basketball. To, you know, this year. I mean, we're second in the con- or second to last in the conference. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're two eleven in the conference. Northwestern. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that, Rutgers. Yeah. Th- thank you, Northwestern. Um, well, yeah, I, I mean, I guess thank you both. Thank you to Rutgers for coming back from being as much as 18 points down. And thank you, Northwestern, for blowing an 18-point lead to remain with only one win over Nebraska in the conference. So that way we still have a one-game lead on you in the standings. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I remember at one of our past um, – podcast we were talking about where we thought nebraska could end up you know as far as in the conference and i think the coaches had us either last or second to last and you know they're looking pretty smart um i think i said you know i could see yeah last or second to last but i could see us all the way up to ninth and that you know that would be a little bit above i think um trying to do one two three you know, right after Ohio State in front of Minnesota, uh, that obviously that's that was probably a little optimistic. You know, Minnesota six and seven in the conference, twelve and eleven overall. But you know, we are we had an opportunity to win. I think at least three more games this year that we've lost. So, uh, I forgot you were kind of like ten and eleven. I think weren't you or eleven twelve as far as the ranking or standings at the end of the year. Yeah, I I want to say I said I I can't remember if I said at any point that they'd finished 14th as bad as 14th. I I picked a pretty broad range. I said I could see them finishing as high as maybe 8th depending on how some of the roster shakeouts happen like you know, I was fairly skeptical of Iowa going into the season. I freely admit that, especially because I said it also mainly depends on Jordan Bohan and who it turns out they don't have, and they're still a top five scoring offense um, per Ken Palm in the Big Ten. So, yeah, I'd, hey, Iowa fans out there who listen to this, I was wrong. Feel free to have at me. Um, you know, uh, so, I mean, some of the teams that are ahead of Nebraska, I said it depends on how it shakes out. If things somehow magically gel and the team figures out how to play together really well and they buy into the system right away, Maybe they could do eighth. You never know. But <laughs> like realistically, I would probably I, I think I said I pegged them for anywhere from 11th to 13th or so, you know, and maybe I said they could always end up being 14th or something. But it was sort of a like I didn't necessarily say that as I expected them to be that I, I figured Hoiberg had enough of an acumen that they would finish not in the absolute basement. And so far, at least. You know, knock on wood, uh, that, that's that's the case so far. So hopefully they don't prove me wrong. You know, one thing I did say was Juwan Howard is Michigan's coach. And yeah, just like Hoiberg, you can't 
you know, you can't uh, compare. I mean, you can't, you can't say, oh, he's a terrible coach. It's his first year. But I promise you, Michigan's talent level, uh, when Ho- H- Howard showed up, was above Nebraska's talent level. Uh, at least I would, get, I would assume so. And uh, I mean, as long as they're not driving the AD wife's car and getting into wrecks at 3 a.m. and then lying about them being the driver and not yeah. getting a PBT or anything, you know? Yeah, sure. They, they totally have the talent. Well, you know, you, I, 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 can't, uh, I can't not dig them for that. I know. I know. You, anything. You, like, you in Michigan, uh, it's probably like us in Iowa type of deal going on. You know, like it's like when they screw up, oh, you got to love it. And, uh, but anyways, we played Maryland, right? Yep. Uh, so, um, there are a couple of things that, you know, that the uh, athletic department kind of released that maybe some people would be interested in is that Nebraska's played four games at the Xfinity Center, and the four games were decided by a total of 10 points. And that, that's three straight games by two points. So, you know, I don't, I think it's just kind of a worthless stat. Really, because it's like, oh yeah, but within the past four games, you know, or like three have this three straight games by two points. That means Nebraska next year or two years from now, if we play them uh, at Maryland, you know, it, it, it could be just like that. No, there's just different players, different coaches. It's they're not related at all. Uh, I, I if you want to give, go ahead. I, I I will cut you off to say this. Nebraska has a better performance record in Xfinity Arena than Comcast Xfinity Internet does as a performance as a product. Hey, is that your is that your provider? <laughs> oh no 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 no! Oh. I have Verizon FiOS, which has its own problems. But yeah, no, I did not get Comcast when uh, my husband and I moved into our apartment many many years ago. We got Verizon from the get go, and we've kept Verizon from the start. So. No Comcast for us. You know, I haven't heard good things about Comcast, but they, they don't come here, so that's okay. Uh, we, we do want to give a little fist bump to Hanif Cheatham. He was questionable before the game. Uh, I guess the night before, the day before the game, he couldn't even put weight on his, uh, his ankle or his foot. Uh, calf. Yeah. Calf. Sorry, there you go. Uh, or he couldn't lift it, whatever it was. Uh, he scored game high 20 points and 18 of those were in the second half hour. And, uh, so that, that's, that's, I'm a big fan. He's probably one of my favorite players on the team. And I think he just is a, he's a professional type guy. I'm not talking about he's going to the NBA. I'm talking about, he just, he does what he's supposed to do. At least from what I can tell, uh, Cam Mack, uh, had eight assists in the game against Maryland. He has now passed Tyron Liu to move in the fifth place on Nebraska's single-season assist list. I wish I had the the other four above him in front of me, but I don't. Um, so I I assume he's going to keep on moving up uh, as the season goes along. And my main man, Kevin Cross, big fan, big fan, let me tell you. If you're new to the podcast, I am not a big fan <laughs> of Kevin Cross. Uh, he had a big three-pointer at the end or towards the end of the game. And that's what – if he can do that, that's why he's on the floor. 
if he can't hit that, which I'm, I don't think he he can't. I hope he gets better at that. But his ability on the defensive end is not great. But he had his first career start in the uh, Nebraska, and that's his sixth. That's Nebraska's sixth different starting lineup this season. And uh, if you want to know how this season's gone, he is the third true freshman to start for Nebraska this year, which would include him, Charlie Easley, and then Yvonne Odrago. Um, so, uh, yeah. I don't know. What You got any, anything else in Maryland? Or uh, Well, so I will also add Chisholm had a um... – Percentage-wise, second-best performance at the free-throw line for the team, shooting five of six, all of them down the clutch, um, coming up big with points late in the game. And uh, Kavas was the one who shot better. He was three of three. So fewer attempts, but perfect uh, three of three, whereas Cheatham missed on his third set of free-throws. He missed the front end, if I remember right. Um, I also don't have the... Uh, top, um, anyway, here it is, career top 10 list. So while I'm looking that up, um, assists in a single season, uh, that record belongs to Brian Carr. Right? No, I'm sorry. And one, yeah, Brian Carr, one season, 84, 85 in 30 games, he had 237 assists, um, total. So where did he play? Does it say? Um, at, at Nebraska, uh, oh, 84, year, year? 84 to 87, yeah, the season was 84, 85 in particular. So it was, it was pretty much when, yeah, before I was born. So, yep. Same. <laughs> um, let's see. Assists. I don't see that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not finding that one. So I'm not going to keep everybody, uh, waiting until I find that, but Hey, if, if you guys find the top 10 list or top five list, feel free to post it. Uh, maybe we'll um, make that a Twitter question, actually. There we go. And then we'll find the answer to it and let you guys know. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll make that a poll. How about that? Well, if you have anything else to say, I can keep looking about Maryland. I mean, if you have anything else to say about Maryland, I can look at, see if I can find the season, sing, single season record. Uh, yeah, well, so um, this Saturday – they go up against um, the preseason pick that literally everybody, not just me, literally everybody picked to be the uh, winner in the Big Ten. Uh, Maryland goes up against them on Saturday, and that team currently sits in third place at nine and five behind Penn State at nine and four, and Maryland is ten and three. So depending on who wins that, if the other team does, they'll pull up into second and later on play on the 29th at Maryland. Um, and I'll be at that one. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. There's still uh, very much a lot in play. It's a very open conference still um, right now, but we'll see. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've, I've been very, uh, uh, work's been very busy. So I've been very scatterbrained lately. And then on top of that, there's been a certain coaching search going on that has had a lot of focus on me. So uh, <laughs> of my attention, rather not focus on me. I, I wasn't being considered for that. Good God. No. Um, oh, are you talking about the Troy Pistons? Are they, they got no, 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 uh, no, 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 no,
Oh, so is the Red Wings then? Is there uh, nope, nope. College level. Okay. Uh, was it the um, football? John Howard. Oh, yeah. oh, for Michigan. Jim Har- Harbaugh got fired. Oh my God! I wish. <laughs> God, I hate that man. Hey, hey, before we go, before we go there, one thing I saw that uh, Robin Washit tweeted out about the Maryland game. He said uh, Nebraska cut it to 56-54, two-point game. The paper airplane was thrown onto the court from the Maryland student section and it disrupted an, a Nebraska possession. After that fact, Maryland goes on a 8-0 run from there, and then they were up 64-54 with five minutes left. That's very interesting. But anyways. That was one massive paper airplane. I saw that live. Um, I was over in that corner, fairly high up, but I was over in that corner. Um, they should yeah, got if that was, foul. Oh yeah. yeah, that that should have been a mandatory technical. In fact, yeah. the Maryland fan behind me um, was actually like complaining about how stupid the student section was, and was like, "That's a mandatory technical. Like, why would should you be. do that?" And be. they they just gave them a warning. It's like, are you kidding me? Are you seriously joking? Although I I kind of looked stupid with egg on my face, so to speak, because in my head I was thinking like probably not to our benefit sending us to the free throw line because that's probably a good strategy down the stretch for teams. Foul Nebraska if you have fouls to give and it's a close game because that's the least likely shot that we're going to hit probably. Yeah. Although I say that, that's not actually true. I mean, they generally average 30% at in the 30s percentage-wise at best, three-point, you know, generally low, high 40s, low 50s at best for field goal percentage overall. And typically the free throw line is in the 60s. But, you know, I mean, you get my point. It's not it, – it's a pretty safe bet uh, that you're going to be able to stay ahead if you're sending Nebraska to the free throw line most of this season – um, we seem to be shooting better, at least in the last two games, than our season average. But, I mean, that's not really saying a lot considering what they were. But, yeah. And then she then proceeded to hit, you know, five of six free throws during that stretch that I was thinking that. So that's why I say there's a little bit of egg on my face, so to speak. Well, did you want to say anything about Michigan State, or do you want me to just give the top 10 assists record? Oh, you, you can do that. I, yeah, that's fine. Okay. On Nebraska uh, ball podcast, so. Okay. Um, so uh, since Cam Mack passed Tyron Lue for fifth place, and you said Brian Carr is number one, Brian Carr has the first, second, and fourth place as far as single-season assist record. Uh, in 85, he had 237. In 86, he had 201. In eight. But I say 87, 87, he had 166. And then Charles Richardson Jr., 2007. I remember him. <laughs> I guess I don't remember him being an assist guy, but uh, at that point I was in the college, so I probably didn't watch as much, but he had 179. So I would think that by the end of the season, if Cam Mack is healthy, that I would think he could be third. By the end, maybe, maybe even second. I doubt he's going to get first because that's, you know, 
know, how many more games do they have left? <laughs> I know, do they play uh, Wisconsin on Saturday? And uh, so that, you know, we're supposed to say there's 15 assists there, then 15 assists next game, and then 15 after that. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, he could be he could be third or second by the end of the year. Uh, I mean, kinda... minimum eight games left, depending on if they win the Wednesday game that they will inevitably get at this point in the Big Ten tournament. Um, you know, it could be nine. Um, I'm just going to come out and say it. There's no way that they make it past Thursday at best. I, I'm not. I would not put money on them winning on Wednesday. That's not say that they won't win on Wednesday. I'm just saying I wouldn't put money on it is all. But I'm also not a betting man, no matter what. So, um, and sorry, can you reread the the assist stats again? The, the numbers, uh, one through, yeah, one through five. Okay, Brian Carr, he's an 85. He had 237. In 86, he had 201. Then Charles Richardson Jr. in 2007 had 179. Then Brian Brian Carr again in 87. Had 166, and then then you have Cam Mack. Okay, oh, okay. I'm I'm gonna do this to you. Do you want to guess where Winston would rank on that with each oh. of his three uh, seasons, not counting his senior season yet? You talk Winston, Michigan State point guard, uh, Cassius, right? Um, yep. Yep. I'm sure he's number one on all of them. I assume. Uh, so he would be number one, number two. And number crap, I, I forgot the numbers already. Uh, he'd be like number four or five as well, I think. Three, four. Now he, uh, his freshman season, his, he his freshman his season? season was his worst out of finished seasons so far. He only had 182. So that's what, what was it? Fourth place on that list. 182 would be third. Third, okay. So um, it would be fifth place then because his uh, sophomore season was 241, which would be second behind his first season, 200, or his uh, season last year, rather, his junior season, 291 is his best season record. So what does he have now? Um, right now he's at 137, which Ooh. is good for 5.7 assists per game which is higher than his freshman year, uh, 5.2. Oh, and they're going to play a lot more games. So Yeah, but it's yeah. lower than 6.9 as sophomore and 7.5 last season. And unfortunately, he is only at 851 assists. There's just no logical way, even if they make it all the way to the national championship game, that he's going to hit 1,000 uh, career assists, which would be um, – he definitely is on track to hit 2,000 career points at this point, which that alone, um, and I'm going to go off on this tangent because a certain someone in the Slack thread a week or two ago criticized Winston <laughs> for being overrated, to which then he backtracked and said that he wouldn't be drafted in the NBA, uh, to which it's like, well, that has nothing to do with him being an all-time great in college, FYI. Uh, so feel free to change the narrative if you want. But he is on pace at this point to be 2000 points um, over 900 career assists, which I believe he would be the third player ever in the entire history of the NCAA to hit 
that level of points and assists as a player in a full career in college. Hey, he, he's all, really, all of yeah. all of NCAA history. He will be like the third player all time now, I believe. Hey, if he's, he's really, not third, he's fourth. I mean, he's really good. And I and 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 I people need to realize that you say they're overrated. I mean, I think Michael Jordan's extremely overrated. That doesn't oh, mean there it is. No, 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 no. But no, no. That doesn't mean he's not the best player ever. That's not what I mean. I'm saying that he is not as good as people think he is or was. Because guess what? He keeps on getting better and better every year, even though he hasn't played. And so he is what he is. Um, I think people think if you if you uh, scale people on you know one to ten, people think he's a fifteen when actually he's a ten. You know, so that to me that means yeah he's overrated. Uh, Cassius, Cassius Winston saying he's overrated. I don't think he is. Uh, he's just he's not. And he, it just should, I mean, do you think he's gonna be a great NBA player? That that really doesn't mean anything because that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about he's a very, you know, probably a great college basketball player, the ability to score and to pass. And so that's what that, to me, you know, that's what that means. It's, uh, you know, the next, you know, probably the most overrated player is probably, I don't have to think about that. I was hoping someone pop it, but Xavier Simpson. Xavier Simpson, go. sure. Okay. Yeah, go with him. He's he's on the Michigan roster. Go with him. <laughs> well, I got nothing else, so uh, I guess that's all I got. Um, yeah, same here as as always uh, to our listeners. You know, please follow us on whatever podcast app or platform you prefer. Uh, you will not only get the excellent coverage of Nebraska ball by of Bangerangs and Daggers. You'll get John's post-life crisis and uh, Five Heart podcast. Uh, you know, two two good podcasts, not great like this one, but uh, you know, you'll you'll get some great coverage of all those Husker sports. Uh, please follow us on Twitter, uh, Nate, myself, uh, of Bangerangs and Daggers. It's at Bangs and Dags. I do try and tweet a little bit um, during games now and uh, try to give you some coverage during the weeks and days in between. And, uh, you know, that, that's all I got. You stay classy, Husker fans. Have a good one. <laughs>